0: Welcome to Coruscant Technologies, home of the Digital Executive Podcast. Our next speaker is Many Things, an entrepreneur who has started, grown, and sold multiple companies, a technologist who holds several patents, an author who has written half a dozen books that have been translated into a dozen languages, and finally an optimist who believes humanity's best days will soon be here. Byron graduated from Rice University in 1991 and married his college girlfriend, They've been based in Austin, Texas for a quarter of a century, and together they've homeschooled their four kids from K through 12. When he isn't working on their 1880s home, he finds inspiration for writing by traveling to far-flung locations, perhaps the most notable being frequent trips to North Korea. Please help me welcome Byron Reese. Well, good afternoon, Byron. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me here. This is amazing. Byron, you know, you and I have gone back and forth. Uh, We've corresponded via email probably had a call or two maybe over the years, but this is exciting. The first time you and I actually get to get behind a microphone and have a conversation, get your story out to the world. So I really appreciate that. I really, really do. So we're going to jump right into the questions, Byron. Uh, Let's talk about your career a little bit, your career in tech. You're an author, a serial entrepreneur, and you're currently the CEO of scissortail.ai. Could you share with our audience the secret to
1: your career growth and what inspires you? What inspires me? Well, I would say, um, I guess, technology. I'm not like a gadget guy, but I think technology has this like pivotal place in human history. I mean, in the end, I'm all about humans, but what technology does is it multiplies what humans are able to do. And the story of humanity's progress from barbarism to civilization, I think, really is a story of technology. And I didn't know that, like. And it only dawned on me gradually, but what I want to do is be a part of that arc, and and that's why I orbit technology in so many ways. I start technology companies, I write about it, I speak about it, um, my books are about it, and all the rest. And I could riff on that very shortly to say, you know, a human body is only like a hundred watts of power, and if you were ever dropped on a desert island, you would feel the limits of that very quickly. But with technology, it's basically a force multiplier. And that's why, you know, you have 10,000 watts of power at your disposal right now. 24 hours a day is probably what you're using. The energy in essentially the equivalent of 100 humans. That is 50% of the reason we are where we are in the history of this planet. Thank you. I appreciate
0: your perspective on that. And Byron, you you always have that interesting perspective as far as tech and, and where it's going next. We talked about, I mean, you talk about this in your books, but and your new book coming out here, which leads right into the next question, if you wouldn't mind, tell
1: us about your new book coming out, Stories, Dice, and Rocks That Think. This book started with me asking the question uh, to myself, how are people different than animals? I can really mold on that a lot. And you know, the, the knee-jerk reaction is we're just another animal. And as much as you might want to think that, you can't help but to look around and see what we've built and everything we do and compare us to, you know, I don't know, dolphins and say, you know, they don't even have the telegraph, right? Like, I mean, they're in a whole different place than we are. And, and that's the thing. If we are, in fact, quote, just animals, then why did we end up with this outcome that we have cities and civilization and literature and, and all the rest? And that's what the book is. And it's called Stories, Dice, and Rocks that Think, how humans learn to see the future and, and master it, really. And so it's a story told in three three acts, stories, dice, and rocks that think. Stories is maybe the most interesting one uh, because it's about how we got language. And the most interesting thing about language I know is that the main purpose of it is not communication. You would think that. You would think it's communication. The main purpose of language is thought. Language gave form to our thoughts. You think with language. That isn't just speculation. I I include a quote from Helen Keller where she talks about her life before her teacher came. And she's, essentially said i was not aware that i was a thing that was different from the universe and i didn't really understand that there was time and anything and she said only when i learned to communicate did i know that i was a thing and that that's when my consciousness came to it's a it's an amazing quote like it just kind of hands it to you right there and what happened is when we got language we learned to think and somehow We got the capability to do something called episodic thinking, where we could remember specific things in the past. And with that and language, we could imagine things in the future. And that's why it's stories. They aren't stories like once upon a time. The stories we told ourselves were about five seconds in the future or 10 or 20 or 30 or a minute where you would say, hmm. I want to get those berries on the top of that hill, but there's a cave up there and there could be a tiger in the cave or whatever, or I could go around the back and go up and you tell yourself these stories. And only later did we articulate them out loud. And that's what gave our thought depth. And that's what gave us a past and a present and a future. I mean, I write a lot about this, and I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of pushback, but animals don't know there's a future or a past. And frankly, why should they? They don't exist. They're not real things. They're constructs that we use to understand kind of causality and all that. So that was stories. And that brings to the uh, second section, which is called dice. And that opens by saying, you know, we had the ability to look into the future, to imagine the future, to think about the future, see how different things could happen. But we didn't have a science to predict what would happen, and that's a very different thing. So dice is a is a story of how we invented probability, and man, that sure sounds like chloroform in print when I say it out loud. But it's really fascinating because to invent probability, we had to change uh, five things we un- thought we knew about the world that were wrong, and I, I time does not permit me to go through them. Uh, But the kind of things they are, one of them is that there's high predictability and randomness. If you were to flip a coin a thousand times, and and I said, how many times is it going to come up heads? You'd say, oh, I don't know, around 500. And you would be right. The odds that it would be under 400 or over 600 or one in billions. And that was something we didn't know, that, that in random events, there are patterns and and it becomes predictable, and doing it enough time. And that—that's the second second section of the book, and that leads us to rocks that think. That's a uh, whimsical metaphor for a silicon chip, a rock that thinks. And this section's about sort of about AI because it says, you know, we mastered probability, we invented the science, and we used it for three hundred years, but eventually we had a limit of what we could do with pen and paper. So we decided to build machines that could calculate probability better than we could and faster. And our hope was with enough data and enough processing, the future would become as clear to us as the present. And that's what Rocks Think is about. And that's the story. It's how we learn to see the future and how we learn to take control of it and why we're different than animals. That's the next book. That's the book that's about to come out. I'm working on the next book right now. That's awesome. And you always
0: keep us uh, entertained with your book because you have such an interesting perspective on life and science. And I just love it. And again, can't wait to share this podcast with our global audience. So thank you again, Byron.
1: Well, I'll just say one thing. It's like 15 seconds. I'll say, you know, I think I'm just like my readers. And that's kind of what is cool about my writing because I always imagine I'm talking to somebody like over coffee, and and I just want to tell them what I've learned. Like, hey, I just figured this awesome stuff out, and and that's I don't know. That's what I'm always imagining when I'm when I'm writing my books is that I'm writing them for people very much like like me who are curious about the same sorts of things and maybe think about the same kind of things. Thank you, appreciate that really really do. And Byron, our
0: last question here for you uh, this afternoon is: Can you share something from your career experience
1: that might be helpful for those? looking to grow their career in either tech or entrepreneurship. Share something about my experience in tech or entrepreneurship. I mean, candidly, I feel like I fail all the time. I mean, I, I really do. I, and I, I wish that was meant to be cute or there's a comma, but I really feel like I fail all the time, like even more than average. And I think the only way I've been able to have what limited success I've had in life, I just kind of keep doing stuff. I, somehow i don't get discouraged by it and i just keep going back and back and back i think to be an entrepreneur you have to kind of like have this part of your brain that says yeah i know most new companies most entrepreneurs fail but i'm not going to do with this one like you have to almost be irrational to do it but for me yeah like i said i i don't believe i have any privileged knowledge and i think i fail more than most and i think i make up for it by doing lots and lots and lots of things uh, and, and just a small percentage of them work out and, and that's worked well for me, but I don't want to tell anybody else, you know, that should be your path. You know, that's like what worked for me. I I was fine failing, uh, because you know why? Because that didn't work or that idea didn't work. It wasn't that I failed. It was that it didn't. And the, the wonderful thing about that is that the flip side of the coin is true. When things are working, when you, you knock it out of the park and everybody's throwing accolades at you you also remember it's like eh that worked <laughs> but you know most of the things don't for me and so it's, uh, it uh keeps you like very grounded so i don't know if that's useful to anybody but it's it's true and from the heart thank you do appreciate that and we we hear lots of stories and and people's
0: success and failures, both here on the show. And what you're sharing again is a gem for somebody. And that's what we really look forward to is that little gem that we can share with somebody out there that will use that and learn from it. So thank you. And Byron, it was a pleasure having you on today. And I look forward to speaking with you real soon. Thank you for having me. And I'd
1: love to come back and talk about the next book. Bye for now.